Welcome to Moving Through and Beyond, a podcast dedicated to sharing inspired journeys of redefining life, vision, and purpose after immense hardship and grief. My goal with this podcast is to give you hope and to let my guest journeys inspire you to make the choice to keep looking up. I'm your host, Carrie Conley. Hi, everyone. This is Carrie Conley, the host of Moving Through and Beyond podcast. I am so excited to always bring to you people who um, new and old friends. This is a somewhat new friend of mine that I'm bringing to you all. Um, she just has a really great story to tell and is really one of the most inspiring people in my life right now. You are just crushing it, Erica. So this is Erica Rasmussen, you guys. Thank you for being here, my friend. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Carrie. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I asked Erica how the weather was where she is because she lives in uh, Gunnison, right? Yes. Colorado. I'm from Colorado, if you know anything about this. This is like the middle of nowhere kind of thing. So, <laughs> and the weather that you've been putting up with, oh my gosh, craziness. Yeah, it's been a big winter and I'm, I'm ready for spring. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sitting in beautiful Arizona right now and cannot tell you how grateful I am for that. So you need to come this way, right? We should have done this in person. <laughs> yeah. Well, next time. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So Eric and I met just about, I don't know, a little over a year ago and uh, through a company that we both are involved in and called ULA. I've mentioned this to you all before. Uh, it's a resource tool that I recommend people use if you really struggle with getting your vision out of your head and onto paper and executing goals. And we met at a convention there and I've heard you speak a couple times on the stage there. And I just wanted to bring you all in um, because Erica is so good about being so vulner vulnerable and transparent, especially for people who are struggling with any kind of depression, um, suicidal thoughts, and so on. So Erica, just real quick, just tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Where are you from? Where'd you come from? All that. Yeah, I grew up in Connecticut, um, kind of halfway between New York City and Boston. Um, I won't say which baseball team is my favorite, but um, <laughs> I'll root for everybody. Um, and yeah, grew up in a very suburban place and um, had a very supportive, loving family that encouraged me to, you know, really go after whatever I wanted to go after. That's um, great. Yeah. Graduated high school early, went to college early, you know, kind of that overachiever type of person <laughs> that sometimes puts a little too much pressure on herself. Uh-huh. You think? There's just a few of us out there running around. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you glad that you went to, sc to school early? I'm just curious about that. Yeah, you know, I really didn't fit in in high school. It just okay. was not my jam. Um, by junior year, I had crafted a plan, even wrote the letter for my parents to pull me out of high school early. And so senior year, I spent the mornings in high school, um, the first half of the year, and then went to like a local community college in the afternoon. And then um, by January, I had already moved up to college. So um okay. Yeah, you know, that for me was a decision that I wanted to do to like put myself in the right environment to um, be able to thrive more. Yeah. Um, I just was kind of miserable in high school. And <laughs> it's important for people to realize that if they feel miserable in high school, they're probably not alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for saying that because, you know, a topic that I am involved in with a lot of people right now is what's happening inside our school system with the kids. Um, it's been a, become really kind of my mission to make some make big changes there. 
Um, you and I both know it's just not a great place anymore for kids to go if it's not a healthy environment. And and I think, number one, you're so blessed that you had parents that supported you in making this decision because sometimes the parents are the ones that are saying, you know, you need to follow the rules, do what they tell you to do, stick till the end. They could have actually said to you, you know, Erica, you're going to really regret not having that senior year. Are you going to look back and think, wow, I shouldn't have jumped ahead so fast, right? But I'm glad that your parents allowed you to make that decision because you're right. I'll bet there are a lot of kids right now that don't feel like they fit into that that world. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're not alone for sure. They yeah. are definitely not alone. Yeah. So it's good to, you know, that you're also giving maybe somebody some thoughts around, wow, you mean I can make some choices here? <laughs> I could leave? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we all have the ability to empower ourselves. And, right. you know, it definitely took some sales tactics to encourage my parents to let me make this decision. You know, like it wasn't just a, yeah, for sure. It was, okay, let's walk through this. You know, are you sure you want to do this? And, you know, the night of senior prom, I was on a canoe trip in the middle of nowhere on a river um, in Northern Vermont and I was having a blast and I was like, no regrets, you know, but like we, we have to, think about, yes, the immediate and the long term and what's best for us. And, you know, I, I had the courage to ask my parents, like, hey, could this be a possibility? Like, I, I think this is what's good for me. And they, of course, asked those parent questions too. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we, we all have to figure out what's best for us. And it yeah. might not be our current situation. And that's why it's important to look at the options available. Yeah. And again, I'm so grateful you keep saying that you do have options because I see so many times because now – because of my passion, Eric, of wanting to work with young adults and, and kids, um, I'm seeing so many of them so paralyzed in fear, Stuck. so afraid to make any kind of decision for themselves or, you know, um, to go against the grain of what everybody told them to do. And that fear is just literally paralyzing. And it can be really hard, especially in high school, right? We're still figuring ourselves out, you know, and and feeling stuck is not an empowering feeling. So it's like, all right, what can we do to get unstuck, you know? Right. I see also, Erica, and I want your input on this, on them feeling like if I, okay, but what if I go do that thing and it doesn't work out? I'm going to be a huge failure. I'm talking to a couple of young adults right now that are making some some life choices about a career or a job they're about to take. And they're not thrilled about making that choice, but they also financially need to make a move somehow, somewhere. But they keep saying to me, but what if it doesn't work out? They're so afraid that taking that job means they're going to be there forever. And that if they end up not liking it or leaving it or making a change, that, that means they've they've failed somewhere. Huge problem. And failure can lead to some of the best victories. If we live in the world of what if, we hold ourselves back, you know? And so, you know, we have to think of our lives as a linear progression, you know? And the reality is, is we have time, you know? But we also have to dabble in understanding, you know, okay, you know what? I tried that job. That taught me something, but maybe that's not where I'm going to be forever, you know? Right. And be open-minded. So important. And you know what? I said to these gentlemen when I was talking to them, I said, guys, I'm almost 61 years old and I'm making some big life changes right now. And I could really go down the rabbit hole of regret, right? I never should have moved here. I never should have let that house go. I never should, you know, but you can't, there's nothing you can do about that. What's done is done. And it was a life lesson that I learned a lot from. 
Um, and I also know, and this is the thing, the compassion piece is that I made the decisions I made at that time for the right reasons. Yes. It doesn't mean that I failed. It just means that, okay, that's what I needed to do at that moment and move it on. So they actually kind of laughed at me and said, you're 61 and you're still making all these changes. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> it's and about it's ownership. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. taking ownership, Right. you know, yeah. whether you're 16 or 61. Right. So tell me about your life now. What are you doing? Yeah, so I'm a mom of two young kiddos. They're almost five and six, and so uh, yeah, it's um, it's fun ages and, and a really fun time to um, be with them. But then also balance out. I run a nonprofit that empowers um, local youth in my community to enjoy time on snow because um, we have a lot of it, um, a lot of months of the year. And then I also um, run a marketing and communications consultancy and do life coaching. And um, I have a pretty aggressive um, running goal yes. uh, that I keep following and, and working on my own self because it is about balance of our own goals, our family, and our, our health, you know, yep. both mental and physical fitness. And so, um, yeah, it's a crazy juggle, but I love it. Yeah. You, like I said, inspire me every day. I just watch you on social media and all the things you're doing and out running in 10 feet of snow and it's zero <laughs> degrees. Girl, I can't even get myself fired up to go to my gym where it's warm and I'm on the treadmill. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Indoor workouts are beautiful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So talk to me about that. Tell us a little bit about why you got on this health mission, this running why you, yeah. and what your goal is. So um, I have a couple different goals. It all ladders up to completing um, 50 running races in all 50 states by the age of 50. Um, and I'm about to run through state five. Um, and so I started this last fall after I really um, was honest with myself about what I needed to, ta to tackle in my own life. So right mm -hmm. now I'm almost 100 pounds down from my highest weight. Um, and running has been so good for my physical health, but also my mental health. You know, mm -hmm. it is my outlet. It is where I get some of my best ideas and inspiration. But it's super helpful for me and been a really powerful tool in my own motivation and life balance. And so um, I have my first half marathon in about uh, – coming up this month in a couple of weeks. And then I actually am now training for the New York City Marathon. So 26.2 miles, um, which will be crazy. That's a big goal. But I think the biggest thing is like, you know, I, I talked about empowerment earlier, but the more we empower ourselves, the more we learn how far we can grow, you know? Right. Right. Wow. I just, I, I'm going to need to be at that New York City Marathon and just be at the finish line for you. That would be so fun. <laughs> so amazing. So, um, so let's talk about the mental health piece because I do know the running has helped you a lot with that. Yeah. And, you know, I heard you stand on stage last December at an ULA convention and declare that, you know, about a year ago, you were seriously thinking about ending your life and it wasn't the first time. So do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, it's hard, right? And, and talking yeah. about this is, um, you know, my blood type is B positive. So I love being chipper and happy. And that's what a lot of people know me as. But the reality is behind all that, um, I faced a lot of struggle growing up. Um, you know, I, I had an eating disorder. Um, and, mm -hmm. and really, you know, I'd stopped eating in fifth grade. I was bulimic in high school and college. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was, you know, fought depression and anxiety pretty hard and, and then um, battled 
postpartum depression after having my daughter about uh, six, five years ago. Um, and, and I think with that, through all of this, the pressure built up, you know? And so for me, I had a, a rough go in college and then I had a rough go last year, about a year ago, um, where the pressure that I was placing on myself was just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, if life is like a giant buffet, I was trying to scoop everything on that plate and that plate just wanted to shatter. And, mm-hmm. you know, that is not a good place to be in. You know, ambition and motivation and goals are beautiful, but it is a delicate juggle in, you know, understanding how much we realistically can fit on that plate without, you know, feeling like we are going to break. And so, yes, I mean, I was really crushing it with with my goals last year, super successful in business and life. And, you know, my my own weight loss journey, like I was shrinking and it, you know, by all accounts, it looked like, wow, you know, she's got it all together. It's like, no, actually, I don't. Um, <laughs> and that pressure had escalated so much um, at the end of last March that I I did um, write a suicide note, but I couldn't sign it. And the reason I couldn't sign it is because of one of my biggest mentors, because I was checking in with him every Monday on my fitness journey. And there's that accountability piece. And, you know, we have to surround ourselves with people that want to see us win. And I had remembered that he had told me a month prior, like, Erica, I believe in you more than you'll ever know. And no one had ever told me that before, you know. And and yes, I know people did, but those words really, you know, helped me a lot and helped me through um, knowing that, like, I had someone to be accountable to. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I love my kids. I love my husband. I love my life. And and sometimes in those moments, it can be really hard. But when it gets really hard in those moments, we have to, you know, find gratitude and grace in understanding that, okay, you know what? I'm trying really hard. I'm giving it my best. There's a lot that is good. And although things can be really tough, like it's almost like storms that will pass. You know, we all have storms in life and we have to, you know, sometimes it's more than an umbrella and a poncho, right? Like we have to take cover. Maybe it's finding that tornado shelter. But the reality is taking that breath, giving ourselves grace and and really understanding, you know, all the good amid the storm is so critical to, to, you know, moving beyond. Okay. There's so many things I want to ask you here. So I want to go back to where do you feel it all started for you that you started piling on so much pressure on yourself, especially in school? Was it something that happened in school, things that were said to you, how you were treated? Um, Because this is, you know, obviously losing my husband and my son to suicide, people ask me all the time, like, what happened? Because those two were the last two men on the planet that you would have thought would have been having these, these thoughts and these issues. Right. And people ask me what, what were the signs, what caused it? And honestly, you know, there, I have speculation, uh, but I can't pinpoint for sure. So it's, it's, and I'm very, very concerned about what's happening in the schools right now, as I mentioned. So is there something that you can enlighten us on that happened or just how you're feeling around your relationships with people? You know, I, I always struggled to fit in growing up. Um, I was kind of the one that marched to the beat of my own drum. And, you know, 
at that high school graduation that I went back to walk for um, after some college, um, you know, I, I had a friend say, wow, Erica, you've always impressed me because you have, you know, just kind of done your own thing. And that's awesome. And and in my mind, I just felt like I was different. You know, I felt so alone. And so kind of that loneliness kind of is hard, mm-hmm. right? No one wants to feel alone. Um, and yeah. I didn't realize that people were looking up to me as a leader. I was like, you know, stressing out because I didn't, you know, I wasn't in the cool club. I, you know, I did a lot and and was, you know, super um, great at achieving, you know, good grades and, you know, making the varsity softball team as a freshman and, and all that stuff. But like for me, I just felt like in my own little world on my own little planet and that was hard. And so like for me, I had achieving to fall back on. But like if that's our motivation, when we don't achieve, it can be super, super hard. And so I think that that fact of like, you know, we're all different and we're all beautiful and we have to realize that like we don't all have to just fit in. You know, what's cool is what makes us different, you know? And so we have to embrace what we do show up with and who we show up as and and not try to be somebody that we're not, you know? Yeah. I think if someone had just told me that um, when I was in high school, I would have probably given them a big hug and said, thank you, you know? Um, but I'm figuring this out in my 30s. So if you're in your teens and you might be different and feel different and not feel like you're fitting in with, you know, the crew that you wish you would fit in with or, or whatever, like just know like you're amazing and like embrace all that you are not what you're not you know it's so interesting that you're talking about the loneliness piece Erica because one of the other interviews I'm going to do today is a woman who sent me some statistics of things that are happening in our world right now and you would think that the the biggest group of people that had bigger loneliness issues would be my age group right yeah but the largest percentage, and the percentages are huge, are in kids. Yeah. It's just amazing to me. And I think, again, it's because we're still putting them through an educational system that makes them either follow along or feel like they don't belong. Um, and now we have social media. Yeah. That's just like the little lovely cherry on top of the whole thing, making everybody feel like if you don't have it all together, like all these people make, you know, making it look like they do, something's wrong with you. And those are all filters, you know, that's, that's just one little glimpse, you know, social media is not everything and, and systems are hard, especially in, you know, when we have to follow a certain progression and and that's why I want it out of the system. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I love so much that you're talking about your mentor. Um, He's become a mentor to me as well. This is the gentleman we're talking about, you all, is one of the co-founders of the company that I mentioned earlier on in this podcast called Ula. He's an amazing man that just has a huge heart and he truly just wants people to live their best life. And the fact that you had just one person that you knew you were going to be accountable to the next day and that you did not want to meet that, that's your anchor. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think everybody needs at least just one person they can be totally honest with. And that's the thing, you know, we have to be honest with others and we have to be honest with ourselves. You know, right. when that year anniversary hit me last week, it was really hard, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I was just like, hang on a minute, don't dwell in the past. Like, look at what, you know, this past year has unfolded um, in this past year has unfolded and embrace that. And, and yeah, it's, it can be a struggle at times. 
We're all mm-hmm. going to have those storms, but we have to surround ourselves with people that want to mm-hmm. see us win because they're out there, you right. know? And, yes. and it might mean, you know, I learned in this past year that I don't need a hundred friends. I can have a close couple, you know, and I don't have to be all things to all people, you know? Right. And so you talk about your front row and, and I got serious in this past year about who do I want in there and, and who maybe shouldn't be in the front row. And yeah. that can be hard too, you know? Um, but being yes. really honest with ourselves of like, actually these people, they're, they're my front row. That yeah. is super, super important to make sure that we, you know, have positive, empowering relationships. And if they're not, you know, start with finding one, you know, it isn't that we have to have a whole front row filled in a week. It's, it's figuring out the right people in the right seats. Yeah. What Eric is referring to you all is an exercise that I do with people in my vision workshop um, called the front row. And in a nutshell, what I do is get people to really take a look at who they are spending the most amount of time and energy and emotion with. Those are the people that you are allowing in your front row. And if they are not a nine or a 10, meaning they are your biggest cheerleaders, they believe in you, they're encouraging you, they will, you know, be there through everything. They need to be removed from that front row. And it's not easy to do. But especially, unfortunately, if they are friends that you've had forever and ever, or they might be family members, that's challenging. But yeah, they are the people that they can either take you up or take you down. And that's so like related to boundaries, right? And like yeah. boundaries are something that I've gotten really good at in the past year. Cause I've yeah. like asked myself, all right, what's different about this past year? You know, like a year ago was a pretty tough struggle for me. Like what, what's been my recipe? And it's, you know, boundaries, relationships, empowering myself and then owning my choices. Right. Yeah. So good. So how are you feeling you're, you're doing now mentally? Good. I mean, I think that it's funny because as the, I don't know if you can hear the wind blowing like ridiculously (laughs) outside, but like it is stormy. The sky turned from gray to white. And it's just like, you know, as I'm talking about the storms of life, like it is storming outside. Um, But, you know, the reality is it's so related to life. Like it's going to get windy. It's going to get cold. It sometimes is lonely, you know, but the sun always does come out, you know, Mm-hmm. And and there's that saying, right? Like we wouldn't have rainbows without the rain, you know? Right. Yeah, it takes a little sunshine to make them too. But like we, you know, have to, have to, have to realize that storms will pass. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned in the past year. And, you know, like I had a horrible training run today. Whatever. I still ran, you know? <laughs> and so it's like giving myself grace is a new tool that like I really um, love because I, I didn't always do that. And I think, you know, yes, it's important to have aspirations, but, you know, overachieving sometimes is, is not the healthiest. And so right. like really reeling it in and prioritizing what matters most has helped me and really gotten me on the path of like, yeah, you know what, sometimes it's going to be tough, but you know, tomorrow's a new day and and not being so gosh darn hard on myself. (laughs) You know what? And I love that you're saying that because we tend to do that and we tend to um, really empower a culture around us to applaud us for being hard on ourselves. right? It's all about you know, how many, how many things can you juggle all at once and be super mom, have your business at home, run these races, right? That, but what you're, this message that you've said repeatedly about giving yourself a lot of grace is huge. Yeah. Because our hearts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because we do that for everybody else. Yes. 
Yeah. Totally. You know, yeah. and, and we have to pause sometimes and think like, hey, would I be saying this to someone in my front row? Would I say this to Carrie? You know, would mm-hmm. I say this to one of my good friends? It, no. So why right. the heck am I saying it to myself? You know, that internal dialogue needs to be, you know, checked once in a right. while. So Erica, if there's anybody who's listening that they're struggling, girl, they're struggling mentally and just really feeling lost, what would be the first thing that you would tell them to do? Breathe. Find something that brings them joy. Mm. It might be doodling on a piece of paper. It might be going for a walk. You know, it might be calling a friend. Sometimes you don't want to talk to a soul, you know, Mm -hmm. and I get that. Been there, done that. But, you know, changing the environment of when we feel really down and stuck and discouraged, what's, what's one piece that we can, you know, add to what's going on to promote positivity. Right. Yeah. You are, like I said, just such a beacon of encouragement and inspiration. (laughs) So what's on your plans now? So you're going to run these races, you've got your business, but I know you have some other things in your mind that you want to do next. What do you want to do? Yeah. You know, I'm going to be launching a course this spring about being more positive. Um, Really excited to bring that to individuals and teams um, because they think positivity is the root of so much for all of us. And it's, you know, easy. It's very easy to say, oh, just be positive. But it's like, how do you actually be positive? What is the recipe for that? And, you know, Mm -hmm. how can we be more positive when, when things are tough. And that's something that I've really learned in my journey um, to, to focus on, okay, like how, how can I look at this situation um, in a bright light, you know, or brighter, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. that's so important. And so, yeah, a lot of running, a lot of positivity and, you know, a lot of good time with my kids, making tons of memories, you know, they're yeah. so little right now. And I know like when I blink, that's going to go by and like, I know I'm probably not going to be their best friend forever. So while we still can play Barbies and hang out and I'm like really cool to them, like I want to definitely capitalize on that. Oh, girl, <laughs> take take your advice and just take, yes, it goes so fast, right? No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. Well, I know that you've encouraged some people here today, Eric, and I just am so appreciative of you being so transparent and willing to share your story. I know it's going to help a lot of people. And you and I both uh, know that I really have a passion for young adults and kids, and we'll probably end up doing some things together. And I'm looking forward to that. So thank you. I appreciate you being here today. Thank you, Carrie, for all that you're doing. You are amazing. Well, back at you. So thanks, everybody, for watching this podcast. I'm Carrie Conley, your host, and I'm just here to keep reminding you to keep looking up. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, please share it with a friend or a family member. In order to be successful on this mission, I can't do it alone. Connect with me at www.carryconley.com and don't forget to sign up for my weekly Do It On Purpose newsletter. Let's build this life-giving vision movement together to end this epidemic, save lives, and create purpose. Oh,